0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Danger Room, the X-Men Comics Commentary Podcast. My name is Adam.
1: And my name is Jeremy.
0: And we are here to discuss Uncanny X-Men number 252, the mid-November issue uh, on sale July 18th of 1989 with a cover price of a dollar, page count of 30... No, that's not right. It's 22 pages. Why does that say 32 pages? That's wrong, Internet. (laughs) Um, This one's titled...
1: Where's Wolverine? Yeah, and on the cover of this, you've got Donald Pierce, uh, Lady Deathstrike, some cyborg coyotes, and is that Skull Crasher? Bone Breaker? Bone Smacker? The tank guy. Bone Licker? Yeah, (laughs) Bone Licker. And I can't Um, tell uh, the cover artist. Is that Jim Lee?
0: It's Jim Lee, and I think it's Bill Sinkevich is the inker?
1: Oh, maybe. I was trying to figure out the inker's uh, signature there. And then the Jim, at least on my copy, well, the Marvel Unlimited copy, the J looks upside down, but then I didn't know if maybe just part of the J was cut off. But the last name is definitely Lee. And it's got Jim Lee's pencils, I guess, more or less. Yeah, it's, it's definitely got that kind of look. Speaking of which... <coughs> Sorry. (laughs) Okay. Jeez. Uh, Speaking of which, on Amazon, I recently watched a documentary on Image Comics. Oh, yeah. That's been – if it's the same one that I watched, that's been
0: on Amazon for a while. And uh, did you enjoy it?
1: Uh, It was fine. A little long, but it was fine.
0: I don't remember it being long. I may not have watched the whole thing, though. Oh. Um, Is it – it's mostly from the viewpoint of Rob Liefeld. Is that correct?
1: I would say that Rob Liefeld probably gets the majority of screen time, but I think he's followed closely by Todd McFarlane.
0: All right. I think that's the one I've seen then. And... No.
1: Jim Lee's in there, uh, Mark Silvestri, um, Eric Larson, among others. And then also, uh, what's his face from Walking Dead?
0: Oh, yeah, that guy. Robert Kirkman up, Yes,
1: Robert Kirkman Thank you uh, It was interesting So, I mean Maybe we can talk more about uh, Image and its impacts on us As comic book collectors yeah, More towards that era But but Was here's,
0: Robert Kirkman like
1: These guys stepped in there And they totally shook up the biz Pretty much He, he came off as a And he even admitted in the documentary That he was a, a big old image fanboy Weren't we all?
0: Although looking back, I feel like I wouldn't like those today.
1: I was not an image fanboy by any stretch, but really, I think. But you collected
0: them nonetheless, right?
1: I believe me and everybody else has an issue number one (laughs) of that (laughs) original run, and I don't think I can. I don't know. My I don't remember. uh, I don't remember. They talked a lot about like Wildcats and. Spawn, Spawn, of course, and uh, uh, <laughs> Savage Dragon. They talked about Savage Dragon. Savage Dragon is one that I would actually like to go back uh, and read because I feel like, based on that documentary and everything I've heard, I feel like it's potentially the most authentic uh, comic out of that batch. In Young Blood. Young Blood. That's the other one that they talked a lot about, and I have—I believe I have all of those issue number ones. I don't believe they're worth anything. Um, and I don't really remember any of the stories except for maybe like the Spawn like power meter and that being like a thing.
0: I don't remember there being a Spawn pir- power meter. I remember the stories of Spawn, and I guess the Savage Dragon because he starts out and he doesn't have memory, mm. and and that's all I remember. Um, yeah, that's, that's it. I don't remember anything about Wildcats Brigade. Oh yeah, Young Blood. Cyberforce. I don't uh, know why all of these titles are in my head. This could be valuable space, (laughs) but I'm using them up for the titles of Image comic books. What a sore disappointment!
1: Wasn't there a Mark Silvestri book called like Talisman?
0: I don't know. He did Cyberforce, but he may have done more than one.
1: He probably did do more than one. There was Shadowhawk. Maybe that's Jim
0: Valentino. Yeah. um, Deathblow. Another one by Jim Lee.
1: And yeah, now you're stretching my memory. So, I had a lot of those issue number ones, and then I don't believe I picked up issue twos for any of them. The Max wasn't the Max a Dark Horse comic?
0: No, it was. It, it may oh. have ended up being a Dark Horse comic, but it started out as an Image comic.
1: That's Sam Keith, right? Yeah, I bet you that's good.
0: That one is good, and I think I actually—that's the only one that I've read all of them of, and I enjoyed it all the way through. Sure, it gets. It gets weird in not a good way sometimes, but mostly it's weird in a good way.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So one day maybe I'll check out Savage Dragon and the Max, but the rest of them, meh. <laughs> Anyways, uh, X-Men number 252, it's an okay cover. Uh, I'd buy the t-shirt, but you know, only if it was on the, sale.
0: The best part of it is Bonebreaker's mouth.
1: Yeah, he's he's very excited about something. He's doing like a classic video game. Yeah, he's got his mouth wide open. And then we open it up and we find out that this is not penciled by Jim Lee. It is penciled ah, in this first spread. Ah. It's an Leonardi with guest inker Kent Williams, Glennis Oliver is the colorist, Tom Orzakowski is the letter, Bob Harris is the editor, and Tom DeFalco is the overlord. The issue actually says a Stanley presentation starring the last of the uncanny X-Men.
0: That's what the last one said too.
1: Oh, did it? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh this is a not a I mean, it's an interesting drawing, but it's it doesn't seem like it's finished.
0: And that's a style. I mean, Rick Leonardi's kind of style is sort of um of this sort of fluid kind of art. And I think it works better in this issue than it has in previous issues, and perhaps that's because of Kent Williams, the inker. I'm not a big fan of this first page, but I feel like after the first page it gets a lot more better.
1: I think I agree with you on – so let me back up. Uh, When I look at this issue, I don't immediately see Rick Leonardi. The only reason I know it's Rick Leonardi is because he's in the credits. This opening page as well as the rest of the pages don't really look like any other rick leonardi issue we've seen and you're probably right it's seems very light on the inking and i don't know if that's a stylistic choice or if the inker is just like i don't like inking (laughs) so i'm not gonna do much of it not saying that's a bad thing like it's definitely it's got its own style for sure and it's uh it's not i mean i don't know
0: when you when you say light on the inking do you mean light on shadows uh or hatches it, or uh, cross hatching or what what do you mean when you say light on the inking it cuz it's it's definitely inked
1: oh it, yeah it's definitely it's inked it's hella inked in some places it is hella inked and in other places it it it's not i don't know <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> i'm kind of looking ahead kind of at the well i don't want to spoil anything but there's some flashbacks that I don't know. They just look like pencil drawings, but I guess my point is, is, and I'm not complaining. It's, it's a, it's a style. It's a choice. It's not definitely not aping or mirroring anybody else's uh, work, and for that, I you know can give it full credit. Um, but it, you know, the it doesn't look like other Rick Leonardi work. I guess how do I don't know. I mean, that probably say, has will, to do with inking. I,
0: I will say this: the uh, the coloring in this issue is somewhat phenomenal. Like, I don't, I don't always notice colors. But in this issue, there's a, a, a vibrancy that doesn't, there's a lot of different colors. I mean, it's like, a, it's a very, uh, it's a very large palette, I guess. And I think Brick Leonardo's work maybe works a little better with a larger color palette as well. So, I don't know. I'm not an artist, so what do I know?
1: <laughs> there's a lot of yellow that maybe adds to it, makes things pop out.
0: There's a lot of yellow, there's a lot of purples, there's some oranges, there's some greens, there's some blues later on. It's it's all over the place. Which is good. It's it's all it's all well-defined coloring too. Like the coloring I think enhances the ability to define the kind of style that and already draws. Like normally if you just see these as like a uh, like a black and white sketches, these would probably be very messy and very difficult to define what's going on. So I think you need a definition in your coloring. And I, I think this issue does a pretty good job of it.
1: So the guy that's screaming out, where's Wolverine is the aforementioned Donald Pierce in a full page spread. We get a little background. He's a cyborg deposed, uh, what uh, white King of the hellfire club. Now he's the leader of the Reavers and he is not amused. And, uh, On the next page, we find that he and all the Reavers are standing by that X that Wolverine was attached to, and Wolverine's not there anymore. And Donald Pierce is not happy about this.
0: And he picks up the cross and throws it at them, and everybody runs to get out of the way, except for Lady Deathstrike, who merely slaps it aside.
1: And Bonebreaker, uh, I believe he's the tank guy, he keeps calling Lady Deathstrike slim. (laughs) And so as the X... Um he- heads towards the Reavers and all the Reavers dodge. He's like, Slim wants a suicide. Good riddance. S-
0: okay, that makes more sense, because initially I thought Pierce was slim. Nope. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: There's a weird panel in the on the bottom left hand uh corner, I guess, where Pierce's arm is an extendo arm. I was not aware of that as a power of his. <laughs> I guess he's a cyborg, so you know he can do whatever he wants but I don't think we've seen that before, and I don't think we'll see it again.
1: I don't honestly know. But yes, he's definitely got a Mr. Fantastic bionic Inspector Gadget arm here.
0: He uses it to grab Lady Deathstrike, picks her up, says, uh, I like your courage and spirit, and he gives her a big old kiss, because as we've established, that's what he does. He gives people kisses.
1: uh, We're going to talk about the kissing after the issue.
0: He's a regular kiss a thoner.
1: He likes kissing. Lady Deathstrike, I don't know, doesn't seem like she cares too much for the kissing afterwards. She kind of just, I don't know. I don't know if he's pulling her head backward, but he's like, you guys, go get Wolverine, comb the town.
0: So the thing that I don't like about this is I don't really quite understand what their deal is. Like, um, I get... I get what Donald Pierce is doing, but I don't know if Lady Deathstrike, she, she doesn't. She just seems to be a prop. Like, she doesn't, I can't tell if she likes it, if she doesn't like it, I don't know. So, it's very one-sided, which is very confusing.
1: Well, I, I, I agree with that. I think she's kind of playing possum here, because on the next page, uh, Pierce is holding her up, kind of supporting her weight. She looks like she's kind of given in to this whole thing. And uh, Donald Pierce makes some idle threats, like, I built you guys, I can destroy you guys, uh, but you, you, Yuriko, you're different. Where did you come from? What were you made of? And she kind of passively, you know, he's holding her up by her shoulders, her head's kind of rolled back, says, I made a deal with the devil. Pierce is like, but I'm the devil. And that's when she kind of snaps out of it, or probably just stops playing possum, right, to get the jump on him gives him a big smooch and then flips him over and crashes him to the ground. So, I don't she's not defenseless. Um no, certainly not. And that's
0: why I guess I guess I don't really understand yet or I don't in this issue understand what her end game is with this.
1: Oh, sure, but- sure. I well, I think her end game we don't find out in this issue but i think our ultimate end game is just to get uh revenge on wolverine and this is maybe an ends uh, to a, so mean, she, a means to an end rather
0: So she just puts up with whatever
1: i don't know it's also kind of like i a I, clear. I just would like
0: i would like some some uh detail into that i want to know what she's thinking i want to give her a thought balloon or have her say something or anything it just it's this this isn't enough for me
1: i think that uh this is just a Claremontism. <laughs> right. How many times have we seen Storm kiss Wolverine or And I don't mind that, but I,
0: I always I always know how both parties feel about it, which makes it more interesting. This is just I don't know. This is just confusing to me.
1: It is. Anyways, uh yeah, so she's like uh um then Pierce as a woman in a machine is a war you will find Possibly to your sorrow that I always give better than I get.
0: Now, I love Lady Deathstrike. She's like one of my favorite Wolverine villains.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I, I don't know. I just feel like maybe Chris Claremont doesn't really know her yet. Oh, that could be. And she's just he's just not really painting her with a full brush.
1: So, anyways, uh, the Reavers, they're looking for Wolverine. Um, the Scanners say that nobody's around, but we get a reminder that Wolverine's invisible to Scanners.
0: Whose refrigerator is this? They go upstairs and then they open a refrigerator or maybe somebody goes upstairs uh, and they say, Fruit juice and mineral water, not a beer to be found. Bimbo don't know how to treat her body decent.
1: I'm not sure. Uh, who, could, who Who is the Bimbo? It could be Psylocke, although on the next page we see that they're rooting through uh, Dazzler's studio and they pick up like a Dazzler either album or calendar. So... It could be Dazzler's fridge and Dazzler's like, you know, a, a musician. And, and we already talked about her hot bod and Havok's hot bod. So we've kind of maybe established that she's kind of a health nut, too, sort of. All right. I'll accept that. I don't know. <laughs> it is a little weird because we have no context for where they're at. Uh, and they don't, they're not like, hey, this is Dazzler's cabin. I can see her records. Boy, this bimbo don't know how to eat.
0: Well, at first I thought they were in uh, Lady Deathstrike's room just by, uh, you know, being near having last seen Lady Deathstrike. I assume that the first person they're talking about is her, but they don't mention anybody else. And that's I I guess I think you're I think you're right. It's probably as Dazzler's house or something.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Do you think they've moved in? Like, how long do you think the Reavers have been in Australia? Do you think it's been six hours? Or do you think it's been like three days? Well, I guess we know it's multiple days because Wolverine was hung up there. But how long do you think it's been since the X-Men walked through the Siege Perilous?
0: I don't know because, uh, uh, well, spoilers, Wolverine hasn't healed a lot.
1: Well, on the bottom of page five, we get a cameo by um, old style Nightcrawler who's hidden in the shadows. (laughs) (laughs) it's just a pair of like evil looking squinty yellow eyes yeah what is that i i don't know because on the next panel we see jubilee above them in the uh like the heating ducts
0: so so is that not supposed to be maybe it's like two potato chips and it's (laughs) just they just look like two eyes
1: i don't know we're like zoomed in on it i mean it's either a miscoloring where there was like some opening spots there and the colorist was like, oh, those must be evil eyes. Or is it Wolverine?
0: Why is Wolverine under the cupboard? <laughs> uh,
1: the the cat? The, the X-Men's cat that we've never heard of?
0: Maybe it's Longshot.
1: We oh, finally know what Longshot's been doing. That's where Longshot's eyes went. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's just mysterious eyes under the cabinet. And at first, you know, when I first read it, I was like, oh, that must be Jubilee. But then in the next panel, you see her above them in what looks like the heating ducts. And then I think mm. in the next panel, you see her kind of like popping down behind the Reavers to collect some of the food.
0: Yeah, this, is, this is, maybe she's just like teleporting around. Could be. Like Nightcrawler.
1: Also, I don't think Chris Claremont has uh, Jubilee's voice yet. She, oh, i
0: I love Jubilee's voice in this uh it is like so many terrible like it's like somebody's bad idea of what teenagers say. it's kind of great,
1: uh I mean from that perspective, you're absolutely correct, but uh in another perspective, it's awful because <laughs> she's just like so like Berserkers and scuzzoids and like like like, yeah, I love that, I love it <laughs> it's it's like a it's like a man in his mid thirties to late thirties trying to figure out how a girl would speak a teenager girl would like, speak
0: he's also making up a ton of words which is fun
1: yeah 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 i i like it yeah anyways yeah so they uh she uh, dazzler or not dazzler uh um, jubilee collects a whole bunch of food
0: yeah, a lot of the food that the uh, the reavers have been have they throw the refrigerator aside, and that's when I realized, oh, that that's probably not Lady Deathstrike's refrigerator because they wouldn't do that. Um, but you say they, that as if they've
1: like moved in.
0: I don't. I don't. I yeah, that's a good point. I was, why would they be investigating Lady Deathstrike's room anyway? <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. <clears throat> I mean, I guess. Since they've been there for at least three days, they probably have had to sleep at some point, or at least some of them, I guess. Maybe not all of them, since they are cyborgs.
0: Yeah, they've probably moved into some people's rooms, although it seems like they're going through their houses and rooms and whatnot for the uh, for the first time from these panels.
1: Earlier, uh, one of the Reavers, I think it's Macon Reese, he says, house scans clean, which means that they're using electronic devices to scan for presences 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 and they're not detecting jubilee and i don't know why
0: uh because they're as 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 we'll find out with the dogs their scanners are very specific oh,
1: that's right you're right that's stupid but, it is kind of stupid but you're right okay i forgot about that anyways um somebody makes an alien reference um Make- Way you're talking, Reese. This town's the
0: Nostromo. We're the crew, and he's the alien. You got the, it. He being Wolverine.
1: You got it, Cole. Shoot, somebody says for some reason. Third try is the charmer, Reese. That mutie's luck has just run out.
0: Yeah. Every time, every time we've tangled with Wolverine, it's us that's been nailed. Well, third time's the
1: charmer. All right. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna backpedal a little bit because now we see Jubilee going under. On the floor into a grate. And I think maybe if you look at the perspective that I thought she was above the Reavers, maybe she's just behind them. And she is actually the one who's under the cabinet.
0: You're probably right, but yeah, it's not a it's not a great job on the art details, because I too thought that she was above them from that second panel.
1: And if you look at the the panel that I was talking about with the eyes, it looks like the distance between the floor and the bottom of the cabinet is like eight inches. And then when you go to the panel of her coming out of the grating, the grating looks easily like it's two feet tall.
0: So she moves around. She doesn't never get above the 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 floor. She's just moving around on the floor.
1: You're right. Yep. I think that's what's happening here. Uh, and then she she gets into like the duct work uh, and she becomes Newt. Major League Lumpoids
0: think they're so cool. Probably the luckiest moment of their days when they find their feet to put on their shoes, you know. (laughs) I feel like she would talk like a valley girl. Terminator meets Die Hard. Bruce Willis, eat your heart out. She she knows a lot of movies. This is is not your uh, Spider-Man who's like, remember that
1: really old movie? I think, uh, think she would be more like <clears throat> let's see if i can do this only what's their beef with the x-men anyway why do they want to hurt wolverine so bad and like what will they do to me if they catch me helping
0: i like it i, I think we I should think, go with that
1: i think she's like your frank zappa um valley girl okay yeah uh oh, pierce <laughs> 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 he's the boss's bad guy oh my gosh he's stopping <laughs> 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 that's that's a, beat on will be the worst. Did
0: yeah. he hear me? Am I deep enough in shadow? Can't move,
1: don't dare. He's sure to see. If only, oh. if only we could get our voices like teenage. I, I don't think I could do like the kitty with all of that. It's uh, that would be, no. yeah, that'd be uh difficult. Can you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> So she she basically thinks to herself, go away, go away, don't let him notice.
0: Oh, there he goes. And she makes fun of herself for it. What a baby. Wasteoid wuss face.
1: Waistoid wuss face.
0: This keeps up bad guys won't have to kill me. I'll, like, die of embarrassment instead. Hey, it worked. So maybe I'm not Sigourney Weaver, so sue me. He walked away. I was so scared. I hate that. I hate it.
1: <laughs> I feel like jubilee would be too cool to know who sigourney weaver is yeah yeah no that's that's what i'm saying it's like
0: she wouldn't know any of these movies
1: yeah like uh well so alien was 1979 i think and aliens was mid 80s maybe i don't know know. 87 maybe i don't remember but uh this this comic came out in 1990 oh i guess uh i guess ghostbusters 2 is either out or around the corner and that has sigourney weaver
0: oh yeah okay Yeah, yeah
1: maybe I don't know if I don't know if Ghostbusters two did well with the teenage audience though.
0: I don't either. I I went to see it.
1: Uh, I'm yeah, I'm pretty positive I did too. And you know, I was just watching a little bit of it the other day. I don't think it's as bad as people remember it. It's pretty bad, is it? I I saw it for
0: the first time in years, maybe maybe two years ago, and I remembered it being so much better than it was. <laughs> I was just like, this is not what I thought it was going to (laughs) be.
1: The thing that, the biggest unexplained thing to me is why uh, Annie Potts' hair is the way it is and why she is like a completely different character in this movie than she was in the first Ghostbusters. Because they wanted to set her up with,
0: what's his face?
1: Louis Tully, Rick Moranis. Yeah, Yeah. but I, I don't think you needed to like give her a bob and like all of a sudden make her childishly dumb to do that
0: yeah i guess not i mean uh, yeah yeah uh, they made a lot of weird choices and and that's that's just one of them
1: yeah i think that was the only weird choice i didn't care for i didn't mind uh you know the i think the baby carriage like flies through the air at some point and then it's kind of goofy but i didn't mind that it's ghostly i'm gonna have to watch that again i mean i think I like all of the parts with the Ghostbusters and then all the other parts are kind of like, eh, let's get to the Ghostbusters. <laughs> Anyhow
0: what about, uh what's the guy, the uh
1: Vigo Morton? No, not Vigo Morton no, Vigo. Not Vigo Morton.
0: The, uh, the, the the servant guy. The guy who plays the new Louis Tully. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um he's a guy. He's an actor. Yeah. I can't remember, like, they're all actors, of course, but <laughs> it's he... It's definitely he, true. He's been in a lot of movies, but I can't...
0: But what was his character's name? Oh, I can't remember.
1: In the, I don't remember either. I, I can't.
0: Yeah. you. I, like, bunk the man down in my house in my very own bed, and he go, turns and... He. This is hard to do, I and think, he turns it. He turns it into a Mondo Garbago stinkhole. <laughs> Garbajo probably.
1: A I, Mondo Garbajo stinkhole. I think the servant guy was one of the lawyers on Ally McBeal, the main stuffy lawyer. The servant guy. Yeah.
0: I've never seen an episode of Ally McBeal.
1: Well, unfortunately, I have. <laughs> Anyways, yeah.
0: Isn't isn't Callista Flockhart married to Harrison Ford? Is I that know. still a thing? I don't know. I thought they got married, and they they might still be married. Oh, I could be making this all up.
1: So I don't know what she's griping about. Um, he is laying on the bed, so I don't know if he was rooting around or if he just th- smells bad.
0: I think he just smells bad.
1: Okay, okay. Like uh, maybe
0: he's he's farting a lot. <laughs>
1: that's my healing factor that's a side effect it just makes me gassy that's
0: oh new, boy that's that, another one that's an unknown side effect of wolverine's <laughs> healing factor is he just he, he farts a lot
1: wolverine are you healing again no why
0: <laughs> it's not me it's fuzzy elf
1: yeah you smelt it you dealt it it's not me <laughs> uh so Jubilee walks towards him and is like, "Hey, it's like, it's like, are you awake, then, looking my way, Mister?" But then turns into Carol Danvers. Uh, we
0: do learn that Jubilee, uh, her parents taught her a little bit about some medicine stuff,
1: yeah. So I'll, I'll she's s-
0: able to sort of take care of Wolverine.
1: Yeah, and I don't know why. Smart move, Parentals pop me into scouting. I don't know why that's in parentheses. Like if I guess it, cause
0: she's she's it's an aside she's talking to herself it's almost like it should be in a uh, thought bubble or something.
1: This is a a comics notation that is foreign to me. Like normally, if it's a foreign language, right, it would be the the greater than less than symbol surrounding the text. And if you're thinking it, it would be in a thought balloon. This is parentheses around two sentences, which
0: I think this is this is something that will never be used again. But I I think it denotes. Talking out loud to yourself,
1: but that's what comic book characters do. Like, but he's still bleeding. What do I like do if he doesn't like stop? None yeah, of but that's usually, in parentheses.
0: usually when they're doing it, there's nobody else in the room, yeah. and and you know they're talking to you. Like Spider Man talks to himself all the time.
1: Yeah, but but, she's, but 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 that what she just says there. He's still bleeding. What do I do if it doesn't stop? She's not asking Wolverine. She's talking to herself there. None of that's in parentheses.
0: Well, she's talking to us.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to make this work. All right, fine. I guess since it's an aside. It uh, never happens again. Yeah. All right. So Carol Danvers, she's like, um, you're an ornery cuss. You make enemies. You don't fool around. Wolverines have visions again. Yep. Julie's like, what's going on? Jason Ways, you're hot with fever. You guys feel it's stinky. <laughs> Gotta replace these
0: bandages and peel stinky, clean the mess. I'd try for a hospital, but the upstairs is like jam crammed with oppos. <laughs> Ultimax bad news bears, you know, total toadstools.
1: <laughs> that that right there, those two balloons are probably the most like w- 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 outlandish. It's great. Total toadstools. Because <laughs> remember when kids used to say total toadstools? The upstairs is like
0: jam crammed with the oppos. <laughs>
1: Ultimax Bad News Bears. She's Ultimax
0: in... Bad News Bears. That's great. Don't you? She's really... great. That was a sequel to the Bad
1: News Bears, wasn't it? <laughs> Ultimax Brand New Bad Bad News Bears. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so she's bandaging him up, and uh, then Wolverine starts seeing Nick Fury. See Jubilee. She walks her own path. She doesn't use
0: the popular slang of the day. She makes up her own stuff.
1: Mm, that's that's uh, intriguing, endearing. If if. Uh if I may I say so. And she
0: has a weird uh, understanding of popular culture that it seems like an older man might have.
1: Sure. Uh, and then Nick Fury's like, you can't kill everybody. Sure worked for me, bub, till I signed on with the X-Men.
0: Jubilee uh, gets involved in her his conversation and then he Wolverine freaks out and is like, hey, who are you? And grabs her and then the, 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 it's kind of interesting. The Carol Danvers and Nick Fury um, per, uh, uh, hallucinations are like, let her go. The girl's
1: trying to save your life, dummy. She's a friend. I'm Jubilee. Uh, I'm Jubilee. Listen to us. The girl's trying to save your life. Wolverine I pops hate, his claws. I don't Where know
0: am why I? he does that. Don't run a line on me, girl. I want the truth. And she, she
1: freaks out. She uses her light her powers to blast him backwards and it looks like his guts burst open in blood but i'm guessing well, that's just some heavy inking
0: yeah it's probably also a previous wound i don't think jubilee causes that but maybe she does i mean jubilee's mm. powers aren't really established yet those
1: blades they like came out of
0: his hand
1: <laughs> uh, oh i didn't mean to Oh, well, the heck with that i did because you got like no right scaring a girl and all she's trying to do is help (laughs) told you jerk says Nick Fury
0: some people I guess never learn says Carol Danvers
1: and they kind of turn and kind of looks like they're about to walk away from Wolverine
0: and then Wolverine passes out
1: yep meanwhile the tank guy who you would least think to be the computer guy turns out to be the computer guy
0: (laughs) yeah he's tough to draw so they want to leave him stationary
1: (laughs) (laughs) and I can't tell if he's got like thinking man's glasses on or if they're shades
0: i think they're shades because they look they look like shades in the next couple of panels
1: in the second in the first panel they look like you know reading glasses in the second panel they look definitely like shades and in the third panel they could go either way
0: maybe they're prescription glasses with the shades put in on them
1: but they're they're like oh man the computer's adapting as if it's alive there's a whole bunch of new things here
0: yeah, I didn't really get what this was about. I guess the idea is the, uh, the 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 city underneath the city is different than when the Reavers were here.
1: Yeah, and and they also I feel like it's light references to all of the smashing that Madeline and Havoc have done to the computer. Does this ever
0: go anywhere?
1: I don't think so. I,
0: I feel like Chris Claremont is building up to Australia being them living in a sentient city, and. I feel like that never happens or this never gets resolved. But
1: I guess we'll find out. There's a, another thing that I want to maybe ask you about or we can put a pin in. But as far as I know, like once we leave Australia in the next, I don't know, issue or two, like that's mm-hmm. it. We're done with Australia. Yeah, that's what I think. But I don't know. It's possible that in 50 more issues they're like, oh, man, I forgot my shoes in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, once once Chris
0: Claremont leaves the book, it's it's anybody could come back to Australia to like open up this story.
1: Sure, sure. It's just a little little hanging little nugget. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh Pretty Boy is in Wolverine's room and he's got that sword.
0: He's got the Yoshida sword that Mariko gave to Wolverine. It's the honorable sword that Wolverine was hanging on to because He's he's the honor guard for the for for the Yoshida clan.
1: So what this means is that the X-Men, after fall of the mutants, went through the siege perilous, were dropped off in Australia and at some point made a trek back to the mansion to get some stuff, which is fine.
0: Yeah. You know, gateway.
1: But I would have loved to have seen that issue of them like sneaking around behind the new mutants back. <laughs> and the new mutants are like, what? Did you hear that? I, I thought I heard something. They must have also done
0: it in such a way where, like, it had to be before... Inferno. Inferno, because yeah. they destroy the whole thing. Or... So do you do you think the New Mutants at some point went into Wolverine's room and was like, where'd everything go?
1: <laughs> Maybe. After the Inferno mansion collapsed, off panel, they were just digging through the rubble and Wolverine's like, oh, my sword.
0: It's a good thing we came back for this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, Pretty Boy tries to enthrall Lady Deathstrike with his little filament tendril things that come out of his eyes.
0: Relax, lovey, enjoy once these filaments burrow into your brain and rewrite your psychic software. And she says, no, do not mistake me, wretch, for one of your toys. This is the honor sword of Clan Yoshida. Among the finest of its kind ever forged, none may wield it but the lord of the clan or its champion. So I'm going to hold on to that.
1: Yep. She takes it. Uh, she also stabs the picture of Marico.
0: Well, he stabs the picture onto her sword. True, true. And that... then has a stupid line where he's like, who needs a stupid sword when there are ladies to conquer? And then he goes out, where are all the ladies at? <laughs> it's like, what, what is he talking about? What ladies? I don't know. I get it. He's pretty boy. He likes, you know, using his filaments to take on the ladies. But- in, in, in this context,
1: what is he talking about? I, I, Who are the ladies? He's going to go find and subjugate Mariko in some he's issue gonna, we never he's see. Gonna
0: go into, he's going to go into town later. <laughs>
1: I'm going to go find some ladies. <laughs> Anyways, back at the computer terminal, uh, bone breaker, skull buster, whatever his name is. He's like, we got problems. Turns out I'm not as good as, as computers as I thought. He, he says, I don't know what any of this means. I'm, I'm really above my head here, Pierce.
0: I can't find any of the X-Men or Jubilee who we don't know about yet.
1: There's a whole new network, uh, Mr. Pierce, written in a language I don't speak. Uh, configuration's evolving, almost as if the blamed computer's growing. Uh, it's like a living organism. It's very weird. I don't like it.
0: It's almost like Doug Ramsey is in the system.
1: Yeah, sure. That'd have been a neat storyline if it was the case. Yeah. But it's as far as I know, not. So finally Pierce is like, whatever, let me get the, uh, cyborg coyote dingoes,
0: which we met some. We met these cyborg hunter killers before one of them tried to get Jubilee in the annual.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, did one of them, was that the only time we saw one of these? I think it is. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hunter killers, so, they're from Terminator.
0: They're pretty much from Terminator.
1: No, weren't the hunter-killers like a ship?
0: Oh, I don't know. You're getting into the lore that I am not familiar with. Oh,
1: or were the hunter-killers kind of like those... I think the hunter... I can't remember. Remember there was those drop ships in Terminator uh, that were cool looking? And then there was the, uh, the... Did they call
0: them HKs?
1: They were called HKs, but I can't remember if it was the... the, the the flying things, or if it was the the tank things that weren't really cyborgs, they were basically just I don't know, tank treads with guns on them. Do you remember i do know, man. There was a scene where like it rolled over a whole bunch of skulls.
0: Yeah, I, re- I remember the the future war scenes, um, but I don't remember the right. names of things.
1: One of those two things is called a hunter killer, but I don't remember okay. which.
0: I'll take your word. <laughs>
1: Anyways, uh, we turn our attention to Jubilee, who's now in the middle of the desert, which is weird because last time we saw them, they were in the little hidey hole.
0: And she's mad about it, too. And she's like saying, hey, we were in our hidey hole and you snuck out while I was asleep. And now you're meditating with Gateway in the middle of nowhere. What's going on? What's the deal, man?
1: Nobody will talk to me. And you're playing Mr. Mediator with Grandpa Geek. That's right. Don't say a word about uh, a word. Think about yourselves. Never about me. This is not fun. You know, might as well be talking about myself. Hey, wow, it's
0: really neat here. It's so dark. Look at the stars. She does call the Reavers Terminator Termina- Ter- Terminatoroids.
1: Hmm.
0: I was gonna say Terminatoroids, which would be easier to say, but there's an extra O in there, so it's Terminatoroids.
1: Jubilee says that she doesn't see stars like this back in La La Land. Back in L.A., I'm assuming. <laughs> is that is that what the kids call L.A.? La La Land? Maybe. I don't know.
0: Uh, I don't know. I have no idea. I, I, I think that's been around forever. They It just won an Oscar.
1: I did not see the movie.
0: I did see the movie, and it was okay.
1: Okay. Is that the one that fake won the Oscar or won the Oscar?
0: That was the one that real won the oscar Ah, i think okay i don't know maybe i'm wrong
1: okay
0: it definitely won an oscar yeah whether or not it was the oscar i couldn't tell you
1: so the fire kind of bursts up i guess you're right because she does say too much smog so maybe uh, my little midwestern brain has just never heard of la referred to as la la land and everybody listening to the podcast is like duh big apple la la land get your coasts straight i think that goes way back to like the early days of hollywood good when Uh, all the singing and dancing was happening i
0: shouldn't talk like i know stuff
1: (laughs) (laughs) no you should it's usually my job but i'd like you to do it from here on out uh so then she says uh where's mr gateway he's out of the picture it's just you and me Oh, actually Um, Wolverine says that he's out of the picture. It's just you and me, kid.
0: The heck you say I'm going nowhere, doing nothing, especially with you till I get a real explanation. And she starts popping some, uh, fireworks. Her, her, what does she call them later? Zaps, paps, paps, pops.
1: I can't remember. Uh, she calls them plasma at some point, but, uh, Wolverine grasps her from behind to cover her mouth. And he's like, not a word. And now they're inside of a structure. Um, and I guess I want to just ref- talk about this little sequence that we see with gateway. Cause mm-hmm. one of the questions I've always had is like, whatever happened with gateway. And I feel like somehow on some like metaphysical plane or something, this whole sequence of Wolverine and gateway meditating on sub subconscious like, higher level they're communicating and being like yep we gotta go you gotta go i'm gonna go don't worry about me and then the fire erupting is basically gateway going wherever gateway goes and wolverine is now kind of snapped out of it and he's like all right uh there's this girl there's me Gateway's taken care of i'm not gonna worry about him and now we're gonna make our escape
0: yeah more or less
1: and i i like that i mean i don't Uh, you know, I think I complained a lot about not knowing exactly what was happening with long shot, but for here, I I'm, I'm down with this.
0: Well, this makes sense because they set it up last issue with all of his flashbacks or his not flashbacks, but uh, visions. Yes. And, and here he even says dream time's done. We're back in the real world and pierces reavers are hunting. So it's explained away in a line of dialogue. And it was, they were in a weird, they were in a weird vision and, somehow three of them shared it.
1: Yeah. Well, and
0: it makes sense.
1: I like to think that all three of them shared that dream, waking it dream, whatever you want to call it. sense in a way
0: that the whole long shot thing didn't make sense.
1: Agreed. So, uh, if we get one good thing out of this issue, I feel like it's that. Okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Pierce and the, uh, robo dingoes and the rest of the Reavers, <laughs>
0: robo dingoes
1: <laughs> <laughs> are heading down some tunnels and, um, they're tracking Wolverine
0: and uh, Pierce and Lady Deathstrike getting a little fight where she says, or he says, uh, you sh- you're welcome to stay with me. And she says, nah, and he says, we'll take one of my cyborg dingoes, my robo dingoes for assistance. And if necessary protection, she's like, nah, she says and-
1: robo dingo ate my baby.
0: And she's like, why are you so concerned, Lord? Could it be you who are afraid? And she, uh, Pierce looks back at her like, Ugh, she's on to me. <laughs> Zoinks.
1: Yoinks. Uh, and she takes off kind of in her own direction, I think. Yeah, she prefers to be on her own. She's a loner, Dottie. <laughs> yeah. So she, uh, the, the 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 Reavers proper, so not Macon, Cole, and Reese, but the other Reavers, uh, they seem to have split up as well. Bone breaker,
0: Smasher, Facer, and uh, Pretty, Pretty boy.
1: boy. Yeah, and they're like these tunnels don't look uh, the same. They're all different. Between- Wait, what's that? I
0: see Wolverine's head, and uh, it's it's a little it's a little mask. Looks more like Batman to me. But uh, they all shoot at it because they're dumb.
1: And Wolverine says, "Says I'm Wolverine."
0: Wolverine doesn't even say anything because he's not really there.
1: I know. I was trying to make an "I'm Batman" joke, and it just wasn't happening. Oh. So oh. I was trying to bail out, and then I couldn't bail out. So <laughs> here we are. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So they they shoot at the cowl. And uh, it causes
0: a flood. Uh, apparently, a lot of water because it knocks them back towards Pierce and or, or the uh, the uh, Macon Cole and Reese rather.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Man, I hope it's all over when we get there. Says somebody. All I want to see uh, that mutesy is teensy tiny bits of pieces. The deader the better. Oh, I guess it's Macon. Scared Macon?
1: Ain't you, bro? Feel that breeze? What's that noise, Sarge? And here comes Pretty Boy like, Get out of the way, you stupid skanks. <laughs> Run for your lives. Skanks. That's, I, I feel like
0: that's a weird thing to have here, but okay. My pee maybe, brain Maybe maybe, back in the 90s, the early, late 80s, we didn't really know what skanks were.
1: Yeah. yeah. It was a term of endearment. Yeah. Like, what up, my skanks? Yo, skanks. My pee brain partners blasted a hole through the bottom of the lake. It's flooding the tunnel. Oh, no. And so the water comes rushing towards them with bone breaker and skull crusher.
0: Smasher phaser.
1: <laughs> Fools. Have they forgotten uh, it is the wounded foe that's the most dangerous, says uh, Lady Deathstrike?
0: So she is, she's she's basically found Jubilee's house, or Jubilee's, like, hidey hole.
1: She's tracking. She sees some garbage, uh, which leads her to Jubilee's hidey hole. And then she sees Wolverine blood all over the ground, some open cans of food. And she's like, well, this is where I will leave the Yashida blade. Uh until wolverine returns to claim it upon my death or i do upon his dun 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 i guess the idea here is now she's the only one that knows where this sword is if wolverine wants it she has to get her into like a position where she's about to die at which point she would reveal the location and this is where i'm wondering adam do do we ever get this sword back or is this it
0: i we gotta get this sword back you it's important
1: you would sure think so
0: I know there's another sword eventually, the Muramasa blade, but I don't know if this sword ever comes mm. back. Uh, I have a question. Does Wolverine's blood heal?
1: <laughs> and if it heals, does it just heal into another Wolverine?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. We've it's had like, this
1: question before. Like, if you cut a hand <laughs> off of Wolverine, does the hand grow a new Wolverine?
0: Or does it just grow another hand and it's now able to
1: move? Yeah. I don't know, <laughs> Adam. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know how that makes any sense but I can picture it. I think that would be an amazing uh, miniseries of somebody experimenting on Wolverine by removing pieces of him somehow with the adamantium and growing new Wolverines.
0: Or all his after all his adventures, all the Wolverine parts come back to find him.
1: Maybe that's how we can explain that Wolverine is on the Avengers in the X-Men in his own mini series. Oh, because there's the multiple
0: Wolverines. I, yeah, yeah, that's a great yeah. idea. Uh,
1: or he's... Per- part of a set of triplets. <laughs> and none of the triplets know about the other triplets. They all assume that they're the real Wolverine.
0: Wolverine bros?
1: Yeah. And anytime Wolverine, like Avengers Wolverine returns to the mansion, they're all like, Wolverine! Remember that mission we just had? He's like, yeah, uh, totally. <laughs> Why does this always happen? Why are people always like, asking me about things I don't remember?
0: That was a really good time. Fill me in on some things. I'm a little
1: sketchy. Yeah. Hey, you... <laughs> That's me, your new pal. We just met the last issue. Yeah, <laughs> hi, Dave tron <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, close enough. I love Wolverine. <laughs> Anyways, the the dingoes attack Wolverine, and he destroys them. He, he gets then, a couple bites, but yeah, he he mostly takes care of them.
0: And uh, then he's facing off with Pierce, and he's like, "Hey, you're 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 a coward." You're going gonna to be man enough to take me on yourself? Come on. Why hesitate? I can barely stand. Makes this a fair fight.
1: And it's all a ruse because standing behind Wolverine, or actually behind Pierce, is Jubilee, who lets loose with her plasma. Eat plasma, dirtbag. Uh, he's buried under the wall. Do you think I killed him?
0: Nice idea. Wouldn't count on it.
1: You're bleeding a gun. Gross. <laughs>
0: So she reveals that the dogs didn't notice her because she was, like, just standing there the whole time. And he's like, computers limited by its programming. Cyborgs were keyed to my scent. As far as they were concerned, you didn't exist. Won't make that mistake again. I presume all of their scanners work that way. They must have, right?
1: <laughs> so, yeah. i i i They don't explicitly say it, but sure. Cole, Macon, and Reese's scanning gear was only dialed into Wolverine, even though... Oh, yeah,
0: they, they were so certain that only Wolverine was there, and even though it makes no sense that that would be the case. That's, these, that's how these guys are. Yep. Can you make it on your own? I can try. What the heck? I've got nothing better to do, but you got to do something about this macho attitude. I mean, it's, like, so lame.
1: Next issue, Storm Warnings. S- Storm Warnings. So, there you go. X-Men number 252. Can we give
0: Baby Storm this voice too?
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, nah. She she <laughs> has to be like super innocent. Wh- wait a minute. What do you mean Baby Storm? Storm's dead.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: The next issue is just all about that weird storm in Cairo, Illinois.
0: Oh, okay. That's okay.
1: connected somehow to the Marvel Universe. Somehow. But has nothing to do with Storm, the character. Baby, Baby Storm is
0: the new Baby Yoda. Oh. Uh,
1: Oh, <laughs> do you know Build-A-Bear has a Build-A-Baby yeah. Yoda?
0: Yeah, we have a Build-A-Bear here in Buffalo and they are, they have announced that they are getting their Build-A-Baby Yoda.
1: Oh man, I mean, give me all that Baby Yoda, I love Baby Yoda.
0: Did you know that all of the Baby Yoda merchandise is going to be late because of the coronavirus?
1: Yeah, it's okay, so. it'll it will make it, well, it's all being made in China, so you'll want to wait about 14 days before the, after the package arrives before actually opening it or enjoying it. I don't think that's, is that true? I don't know. I heard something about sh- the virus living on surfaces for up to 14 days, but who knows? Maybe that's just all part of the um, um, hype. Yeah, there's a lot of hype. Um, I filled up my basement with toilet paper and aspirin.
0: Oh, you're one of those people?
1: <laughs> yeah, I have <laughs> 270 bottles of water. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I have uh, nine weeks of prescription medication. What else do I have? Oh, I bought a generator, and I I have a lot of gallons of gas. It's all in my basement. It'll be fine there, right?
0: I hope you're joking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else do I have? Uh, all the canned food. I, I bought all the canned food. Went to Costco, just cleared them all out. Backed up a straight truck and said, load it up. Uh, peaches, I don't care. Give me it all.
0: Canned peaches.
1: Yeah, we're gonna go in the basement and just not come out for three months. Then who will be <laughs> laughing?
0: This is a good question.
1: <laughs> Me, I say no. I, I'm I don't have any. I'm.
0: No. And we, I'm gonna constantly update you in the podcast. Yeah, it's it's all right.
1: Everything's fine. <laughs> no, it's not, Adam. I'm I'm recording from the basement because I can't come up, but I have lots of toilet paper. I sleep yeah. with it. It's really not that bad. <laughs> no, no, it is. I just saw the news. I think the thing that makes it all worse is that uh, all the cruises, all the news about the cruises.
0: All the news is about the cruises.
1: That cannot be good marketing for them. No, not, not at all. <laughs> I mean, who's taking a cruise after this? I mean, I guess in two weeks after, like, the whole thing clears over, it'll be back well, to business as usual. But in the meantime, well,
0: not, not not to make light of the whole situation, but, like, the cruise – Somebody, somebody. I read an article somewhere that the somebody said the cruises are a good uh, idea of like how deadly this virus is because it's like a closed environment. Sure. And a lot of people, like a lot the the percentage of people that are dying in the world are uh, a lot less when you compare it to the uh, the cruises. Like the, the 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 percentage of people that are dying on the cruises are much smaller in the closed environment. So that just kind of makes it seem like the virus is uh, less deadly than we have been led to believe.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, while I'm not, I I guess we'll find out while I'm not like a survivalist with all the toilet paper I talked about earlier. um, I'm definitely never going on a cruise, but I was kind of of that mindset before all this happened. (laughs) This just kind of solidified it. I feel like you hear a lot of news stories about people getting like, Explosive diarrhea from food poisoning on most cruises.
0: I've been on two cruises and I've never gotten sick.
1: I don't believe you, Adam.
0: But maybe if that third cruise was the trick. Carnival's paying you to say that, aren't they? Um, I, I was one of the, probably one of the, I, I one of them was probably Carnival. But I, I don't, they both weren't. No. Okay. I wish Carnival was paying me. Carnival, if you want to pay me, because I know you're listening to our podcast, I will say whatever you want.
1: I'll keep my story uh, quiet. <laughs> well, anyways, um, just kidding, everybody. Everything's fine. Don't hoard toilet paper and take a cruise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Don't hoard toilet paper or take a cruise.
1: But, wash your hands. Definitely
0: wash your hands.
1: That's just, you should be doing that anyway. That's just good advice. You
0: know, it makes me think like the uh, like you go to a store now and all of the hand sanitizer is gone. Were people just not sanitizing their hands before?
1: Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know.
0: Does that just mean that people are like horribly unclean?
1: <laughs> I think people are just overreacting with the hand sanitizer. I mean, I i am a person who will do hand sanitizer like if i see it like if i'm at a meeting at work and there's hand sanitizer on the table i'll be like yeah that's a good idea i'll grab some hand sanitizer but other than that i just just wash my hands when i go to the bathroom and after i eat just just wash my hands yeah so i'm not a like a i don't know you don't have to be crazy about it
0: you should just do it though
1: yeah yeah Anyways, yeah. there you go.
0: This is this is Danger Room, the topical podcast.
1: <laughs> uh, I, yeah, we can echo a lot of people's sentiments by saying, wash your hands. That's it. Just wash your hands. That's all you got to do. Uh, Brian, he writes in to us on our web page, xmenpodcast.com. He appreciates the new bump in output, which I don't know. Does that mean that we were not re- like broadcasting for a while? I guess we weren't.
0: Know, we went on a we went on a uh, unpublicized hiatus for a bit.
1: Oh, that's when we went on that cruise. Yeah, it was <laughs> great. <laughs> Remember, when I got explosive diarrhea. That's where the yeah, toilet was... paper comes from. It has nothing to do with the virus. I just you know, ever since it was then, everywhere, I just never <laughs> want to be without toilet paper. Um, so he he. He says that we—he thinks we were possibly trolling when we said we were puzzled by Prelude to Shattered Star. Oh my God, we're
0: not smart enough to troll.
1: <laughs> and 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 Adam's right, we are not. Uh, but he says uh, at one point, didn't you explicitly point out that the star that Dazzler created—well, it was—I think it was the star that Madeline created. Sure, yeah. it was super superficially meant to be an X Men calling card of sorts, but it was also represent representative of the X Men unity shattered star get it and so after brian succinctly writes that paragraph i'm like oh yeah that's probably exactly what it meant um but i think my my mm, my problem with this whole australia storyline outside of like the events of inferno and the events of um not extinction (laughs) agenda but genosha the things that have happened there not much has really happened i mean there's been some issues and some stories but it's all kind of felt I don't know, a little disjointed, a little messy. And yeah, they did inter- introduce the star, but like we never saw them really... The Only one time, I think, did we see them like putting the star up, being like, people will ask, was that the X-Men? We don't know.
0: And wasn't that in an annual or like a classic X-Men issue or something?
1: I don't remember. Annual sounds more correct than a classic issue. But my point is, is like, it was a thing, but it wasn't like a thing. It wasn't like you know spider-man and his little belt buckle uh spider-man face thing that he used to do mm-hmm. right like that was a thing or the bat symbol that's a thing the star i feel like they were trying to write in as a thing and just every now and again they're like oh remember that thing madeline drew madeline's gone that's sad <laughs> or here we're at the table and here's that star you know cross a couple people off so I think Brian's a lot smarter than us for piecing all that together. But I don't yeah, think he we're seems
0: seems like a thoughtful guy.
1: But I don't think we're like dumb for not putting those pieces together. Because I just don't feel like it was that that like, I don't know, in your face.
0: I think we were more confused about why it was part one of the prelude yeah. to Shattered Star than anything.
1: Right. And we didn't actually have like an issue called Shattered Star? I don't remember.
0: Well, we did have a Shattered Star, but It was prelude to part one of The Shattered Star, but we never got, I don't know, we were missing a part two or something like that.
1: I actually think that this is prelude to Shatter Star, the Rob Liefeld creation. Ah, yes, yes. (laughs) From X-Force.
0: The one that many years later, Peter David would make into a gay person and Rob Liefeld would get mad about.
1: Oh, I didn't know that that was a thing. Yeah. and And I don't think...
0: You know, Rob Liefeld is mad about him being gay so much as, like, when I made him, he wasn't gay.
1: Grr. (laughs) He goes on to say on Donald Pierce's unsolicited and aggressive kiss of Lady Deathstrike, uh, he's a villain, dominating, intimidating, uh, fictional archetype. I get the sense that him getting Me to would would have wouldn't have been much of a deterrence for an unscrupulous behavior and for the sake of the conflict and juxtaposition in a comic he kind of has to remain rotten and offensive hopefully our future selves will understand the utility of a character like pierce and not go into cardiac arrest when we see him depicted as being uncouth towards a female character who also happens to be pretty rotten herself and i agree with that uh i i also think Uh, we grew up on these. So um, it was a different time. I don't want to use that excuse, but I feel like a 14 year old to read these types of issues now would be, uh, maybe, I don't want to say aghast, but maybe surprised.
0: It's, it's, it's less to do with the events as they happen as how they're portrayed. It's not, it's not well written. I think is the main problem is like, it just comes out of nowhere and doesn't seem to add anything to the story other than to be sort of uh, a grossness thing. And it doesn't even like really like, Oh, he's a villain because he goes around kissing women. It, that's like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's not, it's not really, it doesn't really hit, hit the hammer on the head.
1: It also seems a little out of character because lot lady death uh, she's not helpless. <laughs> and I feel like, I don't know.
0: As I explained, this this very issue is like part of my problem with the whole thing is that I don't know what's going on in Lady Deathstrike's head that would make it more compelling to me.
1: Yeah. Because I feel like there's two ways that it could go. Like they are lovers or they're mutually enjoying each other's company while they're on the hunt for Wolverine. That's fine. That's one, one case. Uh, and then the other case is... What is the other case? I don't know what the other case is.
0: There's probably hundreds of cases, but it doesn't matter because we don't get any cases. And that's the problem is that there's no story. It's just a thing that happens. And I don't think that's a good way. Like if you have to use a villain doing like totally evil things to make him a villain, a villain. That's just poor writing.
1: And I think, I guess where I was going was there's that case, which I get and is not made clear in this issue. And then the other thing that I feel Lady Deathstrike's character would do is she would, as he's going in for that kiss, if she's not into it, she would be strong, powerful, and, like, knock him to the ground, knock him away, uh, turn that kiss around into some sort of a domineering effect on him and be like, remember your place, Donald? Donald? We're here to find Wolverine. I feel like either one of those two is what she would do. What we saw was was confusing. Like I doesn't. You're right. There's nothing in it that like forwards the story.
0: And, p- and part of it is we do we do have a future understanding of Lady Deathstrike's character, and so part of the problem is that this doesn't make any sense with what Lady Deathstrike becomes.
1: Yeah. So, anyways, I don't know, Whatever. It was a different time. Lastly, I thought I remembered Longshot (laughs) struggled with identity, sanity being hinted at before his departure in 248. Identify uh, identity itself has been and will be a major theme, motif during this arc, uh, etc. But I'm pretty sure it's been a thing with Longshot for a a while now, only exasperated by events in Inferno. Uh, yes I agree Uh, I think we first saw it after the X-Men landed in Australia there was that Christmas issue where Longshot found like the the treasure and the X-Men became Santa Claus and returned all of the stuff and I feel like that was maybe the starting point of his arc like what is my purpose maybe this is my purpose but then we saw him what, get taken advantage of or lose control in Inferno, and then he started questioning his motives or something. But there again, I also kind of feel like just like the shattered star, like every now and again they'd be like this and then they'd move on to something else for a while, and then up this and then they move on for a while. I don't feel like it was sprinkled in to the right degree to to make so- That'll work for me, but
0: so like like comic books, like films, and whatever ha- have audiences, and they have like mass audiences, and sometimes you have to dumb things down for the mass audience and make it simple and understandable. And yeah, you can infer a lot of this stuff, but uh, if it's also like as uh, equally valid to say that it's just poor storytelling sometimes. And I think in the, the problem that we had with the whole long shot going away that we didn't know what was going on is yeah, we could say, well, he, he was having identity issues, but there wasn't enough. There wasn't enough to, from that to go like, Oh, this makes perfect sense. And that's the, the problem was that it didn't make perfect sense.
1: Yeah. And I think to your point, like you have to dumb it down, but still make your audience feel smart. And the way you do that is two issues before that you have a long shot, essentially a long shot, one shot where he has a little adventure and the outcome of that adventure is he saves whatever he's doing, but through it he questions like everything about what he's doing, his, where does he fit his place and everything. Then you do another issue about something else, doesn't matter, and then you jump to that long shot, like not able to find himself. And then the audience is like, oh, I remember that, I feel smart. And really the, <laughs> yeah. the author has just kind of spoon-fed all of that information to you. Uh, Which is your basic rules of setup and payoff. You yeah, set exactly. something up and
0: then you pay it off
1: later. Don't bury the lead. You know what show was pretty good about that? was Breaking Bad. Yeah. Breaking Bad would would deliver just enough information so that when they paid it off, you're like, ooh, I remember that, and you felt so smart as an audience viewer. But I think it was just Uh, really uh, clever writing.
0: And part of the fun of Breaking Bad is you go back and you rewatch it, and you're like, oh, yeah, now I see things that I didn't see before. Whereas if you were to go back and reread the entire run of Longshot up to this point, I I still argue that you 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 might make a few more connections but nothing nothing would be like the oh okay that makes sense moment.
1: Maybe if you were somehow able to cut everything out that didn't have to do with long shot and just <laughs> condense that into a single story maybe then it would I don't know. But
0: I'm not I'm not even sure. I would like to see
1: that. Yeah. So anyways, I'm not saying you're wrong, Brian, by any stretch. Uh, I, I think Adam and I are just saying, hey, you know, we're just two dumb Americans. <laughs> we'd, we'd like it spelled out just a little bit more for us. Yeah,
0: honestly, like the the these uh, this thoughtful critique is a lot of fun for us to kind of talk about. So keep them coming.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can do so by visiting us at uh, www.xmenpodcast, like Brian did, at xmenpodcast.com, that is. Facebook.com forward slash Danger room Podcast. Follow us at Danger room Go. Email us, dangerroom at xmenpodcast.com. Go out to iTunes. Uh, subscribe to us. Leave us some stars. Leave us some feedback. Uh, go out to patreon.com forward slash Danger room and subscribe to one of our many exciting levels. Our theme music is provided by Laszlo Hollyfeld. Yeah. And with that, there's a little bit more business to cover. Oh yeah. Uh, oh no. Oh yeah. So I I read Excalibur number fifteen twice now, because <laughs> I thought we were doing it last time, but we weren't. Hey, speaking of oh yeah, you like Kool Aid Man, right? Oh yeah.
0: Did you did you have you been to Target lately and saw that there's a Target exclusive Kool Aid Man Pop figure? But it's like it's one of those big ones.
1: Oh, uh, I think I might. I can't. I I don't like the big ones. I only have like two or three pops, and they have to be like the pop that speaks to me. I'm not. I'm not like I need all of these. Uh, and I feel like Kool Aid Man would be one of those ones that speaks to me, but it would have to be like normal pop size. See, I like the big ones. I mean, I don't. I don't like them enough to buy them.
0: And unlike you, I only have like a handful of specific pop figures. I have, I have, maybe, maybe, maybe 10.
1: I have two. I have the original Wolverine outfit pop. Oh, I have have that as well. And then I have uh, a fallout vault boy pop.
0: But I think if they released a giant sized Galactus pop, I might actually buy that.
1: I don't think I would buy that, but I would buy a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man pop, which probably actually exists and I probably missed it. (laughs)
0: like giant size or regular size because the the regular size definitely exists i don't know about the giant size
1: yeah if there was a big one that would make sense to get but yeah i i was uh really close to maybe picking up the original costumed x-men but then i didn't
0: yeah i saw those and every time i saw them i was like this would be neat but no
1: yeah and they're not inexpensive so like to buy one is like, okay, but to buy five, that's like, yeah, like $50, $60. I think every pop figure that I own has been a gift. Oh, okay. I've purchased my two pops.
0: <laughs> and now you're doing a television show about it called My Two Pops.
1: <laughs> my Two Pops. <laughs> yeah, one's messy and one's clean. Will <laughs> they never learn. So uh, Excalibur number 15 is a good issue fun i liked it a lot it's mostly about gate crasher and her ilk uh with excalibur sprinkled in and uh so they've made uh they are now clients of what's his name forbisher nigel nigel forbisher who's kind of in the guise of saturnine but actually i think he thinks he's in the guise of courtney he's like an amalgamation it seems But anyways, uh, this person has hired uh, Gatecrasher clan to go rescue Braddock, Uncle Braddock, James Braddock. Not Jamie. James. Or not,
0: no, Jamie, not Brian.
1: Not, well, yeah, James. They call him James, but we can call him Jamie, too. He goes by either. Okay. Who's been, like, in hiding from... Or Doc Croc or something like that. I guess his name has been captured him at some point. I think there's some backstory here that maybe we covered in some of those classic Captain Britons or maybe not. I don't know.
0: I feel like some of it, yeah, but But
1: I don't know. The best part of this, in my opinion, is we keep getting like two page vignettes of Excalibur doing wacky things. (laughs) like there's one where captain britain is in like a classic captain britain uniform with a cowboy hat and they're being chased by what are supposed to be indians but it's not it's actually like peep like i don't know aztec guys with like cleavers and spears and it doesn't make any sense but it's a fun panel
0: and they they speak in like classic london stereotypes like hardly cricket old top
1: Yes, well, they're still in England, uh, and each time, so like uh, Nightcrawler, like so, so some story has happened here where Kitty dressed up like a Minotaur, um, uh, uh, Megan dressed up like a frog, Nightcrawler is a woman <laughs> in like a like a dancing costume, and uh, it's very funny. Like whatever story happened here, and they rescued uh, what's his face, the guy's the guy that. Yeah,
0: I don't remember his name either.
1: But he's um, on, like, a robotic totem pole. I guess a, a Widget is on top of the totem pole, but he's tied to the totem pole, and he's in his underwear. So, like, wackiness ensued. All we're seeing is basically their escape. They make it to the train, uh, and they teleport away. It's very funny. Uh, so Gatecrasher makes her way with the, with the guys that make their way to uh, Jamie Braddock, and they basically are able to overcome Doc Croc, who's like, Guys you don't want to do this you really shouldn't do this and they're like well we got a client we got to do it anyways and then we get like another wacky thing of uh, Excalibur who are basically in like a monster movie like Dracula's or uh, uh, Frankenstein's monster is there Bride of Frankenstein or Elvira one of the two the trains crash through a castle wall there's some brains there's an Igor guy it's it's good stuff Mm -hmm. Kitty's a vampire Captain Britain's a duck (laughs) (laughs) And then they just cut from that off back to, to, uh, Africa. Uh, and, uh, what, what has happened here is gatecrasher is like, oh, here I am. It's so beautiful. But what's happened is James Braddock has kind of entered her mind and convinced her that she's been captured, that she's a slave and she's about to like bend her will and start groveling to James Braddock. But then she's like, no, I'm gatecrasher. And that's when Opal Luna Saturnine shows up and says, like, you got to release Jamie Braddock.
0: And the whole thing turns out to be a hallucination created by Doc Croc in order to get set, or Who is this Gatecrasher to see how evil Jamie Madrox is?
1: Yeah. So there's a giant crocodile that Gatecrasher jumps on and just starts choking. Uh, and when she comes out of the illusion, Doc Croc's on the ground and realizes he says like you've been deceived meanwhile james braddock through this whole thing is saying i feel happy (laughs) and then we get like another vignette of um of excalibur and this time they're like oh man where are we and they're like you're in england and they're like all right who's the president ronald reagan no it's bush who's the premier gorbachev uh and who are we you're excalibur you've heard of us yes oh my gosh i think we're back and so they're they're back. They're in the right place, the right reality. When somehow accidentally, Kitty and uh, Megan and Phoenix change form into each other, Phoenix sees this and she gets all upset and she gets all energized, and that triggers Widget, and then they teleport off again. Yep. Yeah. James Braddock. This is kind of a cool thing where they go through like in his mind, he's just like held together with like all of these different strings. And he's worked out. I think due to Gatecrasher kind of getting Doc Croc to release his hold, that he can start plucking away at those strings. Uh, and as and he does, he's able to kind of walk away, but kind of as a puppet.
0: And he he viciously, brutally murders uh, Body Bag, which is sad because I really liked Body Bag. Well, that Although- could. Have- I think body bag, they, nobody ends up dying by the end of this.
1: Well, this is the other neat thing. So that, that's kind of his escape is getting away from these strings. And then they all realize like, oh, James Jamie Brodick's walking off towards the pier. And so we see body bag going to him to capture him. But then we see his, what he sees. And all he sees, he doesn't actually see body bag. He just sees a string that's, that is in the shape of body bag. And so he just reaches out and grabs some strings and, like, yanks super hard, which really looks like it either hurts or kills Body Bag. But it's kind of a neat thing. I don't know. It's neatly depicted of, like, his reality is everything's made out of strings, so he can just, like, pull at strings and make things happen. But in reality, he's probably done something really terrible to Body Bag.
0: Although, by the end of the issue, Body Bag is eating a thing of sushi, so he's okay. Okay. Because I was pretty upset. Oh, no, it's actually, it looks like sushi, but it's paint. Never mind.
1: <laughs> so the rest of the Gatecrasher clan, they're all like, they're like, attack, basically. And James Raddick just kind of like moves around. And as he moves around, they just kind of all go flying and various things happen to him. Uh, Toy, Joy Boy, who's basically a big bald baby floating around in a carriage, like he's flying towards him to use his power. And all of a sudden, the levitation ability fails and he goes falling to the ground and he goes whack, and it's a very funny little panel of him realizing I can't float. I'm falling. Brak! And then, uh, yeah, this poor giant guy who I don't know his name is. It's a big guy. He looks like a giant lizard. He walks up and like plucks a string off of him and he, something terrible happens to him. Cause even gate is like, Oh my God. puts her hand towards his mouth, like, I can't believe we just saw what we saw. Uh, And then they go in for the attack. Meanwhile, Excalibur lands in, like, some post-apocalyptic Earth where the Captain Britain of this reality is actually Megan. And they're all like, Hmm. oh, man, this is horrible. You should come back with us and help us. And she's like, no, I'm here. I'm the Captain Britain of this area. There's probably some people around here that live. So they wave goodbye. So James Braddock is kind of living in his own reality, we also find out that he, he's like, this is amazing. If I could do these things while I was awake, that would be so cool. So he just thinks he's dreaming. And I also think that maybe he's not seeing in strings anymore because of, uh, an interaction he had with, um, scatterbrain kind of scrambled her brain, uh, and made him whole sort of, and that's when he can start talking up until here, up until this point, he's just been saying, I'm happy. I feel mm. happy. And now he's like, what a charge. Ooh, and what odd people I find running around England. Too bad this isn't real. Um,
0: Guess we'll find out soon.
1: Nigel Forbisher is like, hey, man, it's good to see you. I got a car waiting. You want to go somewhere with me? And he's like, yeah, cool, man. Let's totally do that. And <laughs> so they they take off to go somewhere. Meanwhile, Gate Crasher and uh, her ilk are mm. back on their dock that they arranged um to lease or something from the local constabulary. And uh I don't know what most of these people's names are, but there's this little dude who's got a red jacket. He comes out or a red he, maybe he's got red skin. He comes out in a bath towel and he's holding up a little robotic alligator, which must be Doc Croc. I guess so. And it's weird. They're also watching Roseanne and you're right every, every everybody's back to life, so that's good. Body bag is eating paint.
0: Yes, which I thought was at first he was he was using chopsticks and eating like some ramen or something but uh no no
1: and then uh, the final panel is elsewhere one final time we see the train that they've been traveling on it's full of graffiti there's like a tree or something growing out of it and Megan and um, Captain Britain are laying in the ground half buried in the sand
0: and the and the little guy too oh uh,
1: w- widget Widget yeah He's like ripped into pieces So yeah that, that that was a fun issue Up until now I would have told you That I don't like Gatecrasher and those people But I'm kind of starting to dig them
0: So continuing On with Excalibur Marvel Comics Presents number 36 Was the Phoenix portion of the story Where Phoenix Fights Dark Phoenix And um And then Tweety Bird Oh And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. (laughs) Uh, Kitty and Megan and Nightcrawler rescue her by, uh, using the, uh, Sylvester cat that had previously attacked Kitty. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's good. Good art. The same. I think there's only one or two of these left.
1: Wolverine number 15 was a fun issue. Uh, basically this is the issue where everyone's like, hey, Wolverine we've known you've been Wolverine for like the last two weeks. Yeah, uh, Wo- that's great. And Wolverine's like, what? You knew? Yeah, uh, Lindsay told me.
0: Yeah, and uh, it's revealed that uh, he at first he's like, somebody would have said something to me if they knew. And and uh, Jessica Drew's like, no way. And somebody with claws temper wants to believe he's fooling people. Well, no one wants
1: to be the one to say, hey, Wolfie, what's with the stupid eye patch? <laughs> Which is great. It's like, we are self-aware of what is happening and the ridiculousness of the situation like Wolverine, probably Logan, like lived with Jessica drew and Lindsay McCabe in San Francisco.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So how would they not know that he is Wolverine?
0: Uh, He's so, he's so distinctive. So, so the, the, uh, the, not a lot happens in this issue, but yeah, the, the main thing is that Wolverine is back. Uh, Patch is, is sort of, put to rest although he does appear later in the issue but like he's fine being back to being wolverine at this point point.
1: and i wonder if this just has to do with like okay we've moved on from australia in the x-men so they're like all right well let's just make everything kind of line up with that because it effectively is the same month these two issues are occurring
0: yeah, I don't know how this chronologically takes place, if this is before or after the f- issues that we're in now. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. It does, does, doesn't really matter, though.
1: Sure. They're certainly not simultaneously. And probably, you're right, it probably doesn't matter. It's probably before or after, and it probably just doesn't matter. We find out a little bit more of the Jehenna Stone and how it's making, Wolverine figures out it's making people crazy.
0: Yeah, so the people that see it uh, need to have it, and they will do anything to have it.
1: It's kind of like the One Ring. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I like like that. That was uh, Lord of the Lord of the Rings, right?
1: A coworker of mine told me this uh, today. He said uh, my wife and I watched all three Lord of the Rings movies over the weekend, and I said, "I'm sorry." <laughs>
0: <laughs> like like back to back.
1: I guess so. I'm like that just sounds like you watched nine hours of walking. <laughs> And then I was like, "Did you watch the extended cuts?" And they're like, "He's like, no." I'm like, "Well, then, did you really watch Lord of the Rings?" <laughs> <laughs> I, I, aren't those extended cuts like five hours long? I'm probably exaggerating. I have no idea. I wonder there's a there's a cut that brings
0: the Hobbit down to like a manageable three hours, and I'm wondering if there's one of that of the Lord of the Rings that brings that down to three hours because I I like the the Hobbit cut that brings it down to three hours. It cuts out all the crap.
1: Is that an official cut or is that like a fan edit? It,
0: it's a fan edit.
1: Oh, okay. Um, maybe, I feel like that's probably the only way I will ever watch The Hobbit, so maybe I'll try to find that and watch that. I, I,
0: I, there are, there, I believe there are multiple of them. The one that I have is pretty good, and I think there's a celebrity out there who made one.
1: Oh, you're not thinking is, about Topher Grace's cut of Star Wars, are you?
0: Maybe that's what I'm thinking of.
1: Yeah, he made a cut I of get, Star
0: Wars. I get things confused sometimes.
1: Although, who's to say? Maybe he's super talented and maybe he also made a cut of The, the Hobbit. Who knows?
0: Maybe, maybe that was his where he first cut his teeth.
1: Yeah. Anything else for Wolverine? Uh, we end up
0: where the, the head vampire, Baal, is hanging out with the prince of Madripoor, who we know has the last Je- piece of the Jehenna Stone, and uh, Jessica Drew... It's like, there's an intruder in the palace. And the prince says, what are you talking about? May I introduce you to my guest ball?
1: Yes. And Wolverine does say something like, uh, I think this guy is alive or real or something. He also talks about how the stone makes people go crazy. And then that made me wonder if this is, is this an infinity stone?
0: Oh, I don't, I don't think so. Okay. I don't know. But Maybe.
1: I didn't know how deep this whole stone thing. It seemed odd to have multiple stones with lots of power. I think this was the thing
0: that was created for this story and never appears again.
1: Oh, that could be.
0: But I could be wrong. You know how comics love digging up old stuff?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man and, Man number
0: 324. Last and, last and also least. Last but not least. Uh, We have Amazing Spider-Man 324, which we included just because there's a cameo of Sabretooth in it and Sabretooth gets killed by uh, Silver Sable.
1: I I want to come out on our podcast, and I want (laughs) to say that I am gay. No, I want to (laughs) say that um, I typically have put down Eric Larson's artwork, Okay. And I feel like this is actually, like, I feel like this looks like Eric Larson's artwork, but I also like it.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: This looks like Eric Larson's artwork. Also, I like it. (laughs) Well, I feel like on the past, I've said that I I, I am no Eric Larson fan. I feel like he did maybe an old issue of X-Men. I was like, this is awful. It's terrible. And then we talked about, like, how we didn't maybe like, or I didn't like how... Eric Larson took other people's work. I didn't like it when he was covering other people's work. And maybe he's a better artist when he's just doing his own original material. But reading this Spider-Man issue, um, I mean, he's definitely... I don't want to say, He's not copying. He's definitely following along in um, Todd McFarlane's panel layout, the very dynamic well, th- panel
0: layouts. Th- this is also a fill-in issue. The issue before this and after this are done by Todd McFarlane. So it could be and I don't know this for certain, but Eric Larson might be like, well, let's try to make it kind of fit in together. And who better to ape McFarlane's style than Eric Larson? Because he does a pretty good job of it. He does an
1: okay job of it. His faces are better. Eric Larson's? Yes. I don't disagree, to be honest. One of the things I like about Todd McFarlane's faces is there's usually a lot of detail included. But if it's not like... Peter Parker or Mary Jane, it's usually kind of dis, uh, distorted, disfigured.
0: Even when, when it's Mary Jane is distorted because he draws women with bizarrely large eyes and they're, they're just weirdly mis. It's not even like an animate style thing where it's kind of interesting. It's just, it looks wrong.
1: He, when you see a Todd McFarlane face, you know, you're looking at a Todd McFarlane face. He's got his style. And I don't know, I think his inker, because I think he has a pretty standard inker. Uh, I feel like between him and his inker, they do a really good job.
0: I think by now McFarlane is inking himself. I think
1: you're right, actually, as I'm looking at the credits to the previous issue. So, um, yeah, when when he had his own Spider-Man series, uh, I, I recall, I can't tell you what any of the stories were, but I can tell you that I liked his drawings of Spider-Man his drawings of Mary Jane, uh, but all of his, like, Like there was a news reporter that I feel like was featured a lot in a lot of issues. Uh, (laughs) Bizarre faces. Like, lots of lines, lots of maybe, like, bags or wrinkles or depending on what kind of mood he was trying to uh, convey. But very distinct and very unique to his own.
0: I think he's really good at dynamic panels and poses. Like, when you think of kind of action poses, he's pretty good at those um but his his people that aren't superheroes are very lacking and not just their faces I think the whole bodies are I mean sometimes he goes for a caricature and that's kind of fun yeah if he draws like a somebody who's short he'll kind of style it as as kind of comically short and that's entertaining but I don't know I've been going back and reading all of the amazing Spider-Man issues with McFarlane and it's not as good as I remember it. They're I'll all, just say that.
1: Yeah, they're all in Marvel Unlimited. So this issue like reminded me like, oh, maybe I want to read these. So I actually went back to the uh, Who's Hobgoblin, which is before McFarlane, but only like a handful of issues before McFarlane. I was like, maybe maybe I'll start here and and watch the evolution of McFarlane. I don't know if I'll stick with it. We'll see. So there you go. That's it. Uh, good, oh, good luck. The whole point was uh, I, I don't, I, I'm... I think I like Eric Larson. I'm going to go back on all of the hate.
0: I don't remember you hating Eric Larson. I, don't, I feel like I feel like you really don't like Rick Leonardi. I don't. That's, that, that's about it.
1: <laughs> I don't hate anybody, but uh, my least favorite artist is probably Rick Leonardi. Wow. <laughs> At least of what we've read. Wow. <laughs> I take it back. I'm my least favorite artist. <laughs> Rick Leonardi does way better than I could ever hope to. So,
0: the point of this uh, uh cameo is that Sabretooth attacks silver Sable, Sab- Silver sable tricks Sabretooth into running into a wall. the wall falls on top of Sabretooth, and Captain America says, "Oh, he's dead. Again. So Sabretooth is dead now.
1: This is the second time a bunch of stuff has fallen on him, and we've assumed he's dead. He must
0: have like some sort of reflex. Ah, things are falling on me. I gotta stop my pulse.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right, well, I think that's it, Adam. That's it. Until next I agree, time. Jeremy. That is it. Until next time. I'm that's Jeremy. It. Wait, that's no, it. I'm Jeremy. That's it. I'm Adam. I'm Jeremy. And that's it. <laughs> I'm Adam. Until next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>